Hi there, this is Michael from Amazing FBA and welcome to Practical Hacks. If you subscribe to the philosophy that done is better than perfect, you're going to love these little hacks. Do you want to grow your business bigger and faster? A free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find missed golden opportunities. I generally charge per hour, but this would be free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing a few thousand dollars a month in sales already. Just visit myamazonaudit.com. That's M-Y-Amazonaudit.com. Are you creating anti-marketing for your business with terrible customer service and customer experience? If you think you are, stay tuned. I want to talk to you if you're an e-commerce owner, but also any kind of business owner, really, including a solopreneur who's just working as a freelancer, and discuss what I recently experienced with the wine bank. I'm going to name it Santander Business Bank because they deserve the bad publicity. And I'm showing an example right now of a sort of anti-marketing, anti-publicity that you could be creating negative word of mouth, in other words, for your brand, for your business, for yourself personally, if you're a solopreneur or a freelancer. So let's talk about this and let's unpick the mistakes that this bank made in my case. And then you've got to just do the opposite. So I was just trying to transfer some money from a bank account, a few thousand pounds, so about $10,000 from one bank account in Santander business to another bank uh, that I bank with. And it's a pretty simple thing to do. Now, first thing that annoyed me is number one, I, I transferred a pound as a test. It's about $1.20 and that went fine. So I tried to transfer my 8,000 and something pounds and they stopped it dead. It didn't happen. And then I got a phone call, an automated phone call from the bank saying that they wanted my date of birth to verify who I am. So let's go through this. First of all, you stop the customer from doing a basic function. Now, there's a sort of safety issue around banks and they have to comply with a lot of legislation. And I get that. But the first thing is stopping me from doing a basic function, annoying, but no rules were given about that. And that's the sort of thing that Amazon has a habit of doing to us as Amazon sellers. If you've ever sold on Amazon, you'll know what I mean. But also, if you are trying to order from a website and you are trying to do something which the website doesn't want you to do, for example, order shoes in the wrong size or for the wrong gender or whatever it is, you need to know in advance you shouldn't be doing that rather than the system saying, no, we can't do this. So I wasn't given any rules about, for example, if you want to transfer more than um, a thousand pounds or whatever the, the number is, I still don't know what the number is that flags this up with the bank, what number is permissible and who should I contact about this? So no contact given, no rules given about that. Big mistake. So opposite is make sure you enable things to work on your website or in your business. Give rules about what is permissible, what, what requires a bit of extra you know, interaction with your business and give somebody a contact number or email to call. Now, I was trying to do an online process. In order to deal with this, I had to make a phone call to a center and actually got an automated message. And when you're dealing with quite big numbers or a significant purchase, in this case, it was a big numbers I was dealing with, but it might be that you're selling somebody an item for several thousand pounds or dollars. I, I think at that point, an automated call is not necessarily enough. And I think this is where your business system needs to deal with reality, isn't it? Because an automated call is easier to scale and, and cheap or free, you know, free per call and costs a certain amount to run the system and install it. But, you know, I think at a certain point, 
there needs to be some way in the system of flagging up the fact this is a serious size order. And and you can even say to somebody on your website, if the order relates to an order above X thousand dollars, then call this number, whatever your mechanism is. So I eventually got through to human and they said, yeah, you have to go to the bank. And that didn't really delight me because it was about 2 p.m. And they told me the nearest bank was going to close at 3 p.m. And that was about a half hour walk away. And I had to take some documents with me as well. So lots of fun. When I got to the branch, it had a sad non-commercial air. It reminded me of a recent trip to an NHS waiting room, which if you are British, you'll know NHS National Health Service is struggling at the moment. There's a lot of people who are sick and the health service hasn't really got the people and the, the capacity the infrastructure to deal with the demand. And it felt the same in the bank. So inadequate staffing. And again, if you run an online business and the bank is not strictly speaking online business, but if you run an online business, forcing somebody to pick up the phone is already a failure. Jeff Bezos used to say the best customer service is no customer service. If somebody has to pick up the phone, it means your website has essentially failed them, which is true. But if you have to go and physically visit somewhere, it means the phone call has failed. And that's really bad. Amazon does not for its customers. I'm not talking about its relationship with third-party sellers, which is not the greatest, we all know. But Amazon for its customers, its end users who it treats like gods, doesn't force them to walk to an Amazon center to resolve issues. Most of them get resolved on the site, uh, Amazon, or possibly via email, possibly their phone customer support. So that in itself is, is really pretty poor. Having inadequate staffing just is the cherry on the cake, really. What happened eventually is that this very kind older lady who'd been with the business for 30 years took me to one side and they, they'd shut the doors of the bank by this point. And we spent about an hour. So it was a very manual and in- inefficient system. It took an hour of somebody's time who I'm sure had other jobs she was supposed to be doing at that point. It involved two or three members of staff. And uh, it took an hour extra of my time where I was sitting there pretty unhappy by this point. They'd made errors in taking over business. So Santander had taken over Alliance and Leicester, an old building society. So it was kind of like a bank in the UK or used to be, which specialized in saving back in the day. They'd taken that on and they must have transferred the records of things like, for example, my date of birth, which is wrong, which is pretty basic. And they transferred that. I don't know when they bought the bank, but I took out my account with them in 2008. And this is 2023. I'm recording this. So it's fully 15 years for them to catch one basic bit of information about my identity that was wrong, which is pretty hideously bad. So they obviously took over a business badly. So the, the, the errors in taking over transferring the business, they obviously didn't have a good system for that. And then also they didn't catch the error, which is worse because you're always going to have errors in records, but they didn't have a way of verifying the records. So that was what was behind everything, according to this lady. So let's run over the mistakes that Santander made in my case. And let's, let's see if we can do the opposite in your business. Number one, they stopped me from performing the basic function on their app in this case. If your website is a sales prevention device, because it makes it really hard to buy things or even impossible because there's some logic loop that's broken. It sounds obvious, but you really need to fix that. And you need to go through your own website with a fine, fine tooth comb and get people to battle test it for you. Because it's surprising how easy it is to do this. I've done this with my own website, Amazing FBA, which is not exactly an e-commerce example, but I sell stuff for your website. It's amazingly easy to screw it up. So check everything meticulously. This was a deeper system level problem. It wasn't just a superficial level. 
if there is something that's going to cause your system to fail in some way or to flag things up, give your customer some rules about that. You know, give them some communication. What is it that you need to not do that's going to flag up an issue? If there are going to be problems, give people a contact number. Yes, you don't want to be inundated with calls or emails. And yes, it is a problem to scale it, but it's better to have the problem of knowing that you've got an, an angry customer or one who's not who's not able to do what they need to do and to solve it and to have them out there like me right now giving anti-publicity. And people will do that. People will tweet about your brand or they'll go on Facebook or whatever, or whatever tweeting is now X. I don't even know what the verb is. You get the idea. They, they, social media can give you instant feedback and it may be pretty ugly. If you can solve things through a website or through an email ticketing system, it's way better than a phone call in my opinion. Caveat is, if it's a ticketing system, I'd rather have an immediate way of contacting somebody. But if the website can resolve the problem itself, it's better. And I looked into the help sections, obviously, and none of them were helpful to me. We mentioned it before, if there's a significant problem, you need to have a system that will escalate from an automated call using voice recognition to a human quite quickly. Make sure you can resolve stuff on the phone. Requiring people to make a physical visit to anywhere in 2023 to resolve a problem is primitive. It involved identification of a, of a person, but then so does Amazon sometimes. And even Amazon's relationship with third-party sellers isn't great, but I've never had to physically go down to the Amazon headquarters in London. I happen to live close enough to do that. Most people couldn't even dream of doing that. So that's kind of ludicrous. You can solve every problem using a phone and, and online, in my opinion. Make sure you've got enough staffing. If you do run a phone line, Make sure you've got enough people to deal with the amount of problems. Now, that's not easy to judge, and it is an expense, but it is a sort of anti-negative marketing investment. So yes, it's an expense, but you've got to think about the, the expense to your reputation of not doing it. Have an efficient system for rectifying faults. So don't require people to jump through unnecessary hoops. Yes, this lady who I spoke to didn't have the power to rectify things that in the branch, even though she's a very good professional person, the person she did speak to on the phone within the branch, she actually phoned somebody, did have the power to resolve the identification issue. My question to that business and to you would be, how can you arrange things so that you remove the need for the physical interaction that you can do it all on the phone? Because obviously, once again, Amazon, one of the biggest businesses in the world, deals with millions of third-party sellers and they do verification online. God knows that goes wrong often enough. We all know this as sellers, right? But it nevertheless, doesn't need a physical location, even though you're checking somebody's identity. The exact same issue that came up with my bank. This involved two or three members of staff. That's totally inefficient. If you empower a single member of staff and you point the customer to the right person, it should be solvable by one, maybe two people. I must have had contact with four or five people by the time it got resolved. Inefficient for me and annoying, inefficient for the organization. Older staff leaving with knowledge about an old system. That is a real danger. Now, this lady had been with the bank 30 years, so maybe she's going to retire in the next five years, I'm guessing. And if she leaves with that information, then if somebody else like me comes in using the same antiquated system, that I don't think they'll have updated it by then, and they've lost that knowledge, then nobody's going to be able to solve these problems. And that it could be a problem for thousands or even tens of thousands of customers. Again, a terrible experience for the customer and terrible reputational damage for the bank. So... Make sure you document these things and you get the knowledge out of the older workers and you get them to train 
the newer workers as well. I was taking over a business. This is a classic. It's very hard to integrate complex business systems. And most of us won't try and buy a bank. That sounds incredibly complex. But even if you've taken over a small business, or even if you just launched a, a new sales channel with an existing business. So say you sell on, sell on Shopify and you sell on Amazon and you start selling on Walmart, you are probably going to have some information that doesn't transfer easily between the systems. And you have to work super hard to make sure that you don't get errors there. And the other one is make sure you've got a system for finding and correcting errors. Expect there to be errors with data, with, with anything, with products, in fact. But you don't send products out of a factory in China straight to the US. You always take an inspection of the goods and you expect a defect rate and you try to minimize that by your manufacturing process. And then you check to inspection that it has happened. The same needs to be true for your records, your customer records. If you've got email addresses, telephones, addresses, check everything, have spot checks. And this is outside my expertise because I don't run a Shopify site, but check everything that you can and have mechanisms. It's outside of the scope of this podcast to say what they should be, but having them is absolutely essential. So those are some of the quick learnings that I took from my terrible bank experience around not so much customer service, but customer experience as well as customer service. So the experience was bad and then the service to solve it was also bad. So I think there's a lot that we can learn from this. The final thing I would say is this, try to be open to learning from things outside of your immediate industry. Yes, if you sell on Amazon, you should probably listen to Amazon podcasts like this one and e-commerce podcasts and go to e-commerce meetups. Yes, yes, yes. But try to be alert to marketing tactics being used on you as a consumer when you're watching TV. Try to think about customer service experience when you're in the queue at the bank. Try to think about uh, verification procedures uh, that have gone through for customers at a bank, for example. So be open to the business lessons that are available to you in the wider world as well, because I find these are valuable reflections that help to make me a better business person, hopefully help you as well. Thanks so much for listening to today's slightly different episode. Hopefully some very practical thoughts here. My takeaway from this would be go and look at your business from the point of view of when things go wrong for your customer and think about how you can, first of all, prevent that, but also how you can make the process of resolving that as quick and slick and efficient as possible for the customer, but also for yourself. Because here's the thing, time is money. If you have to spend a lot of time resolving issues, you end up doing it personally as a solopreneur, then that's time you could have spent on a higher value task in some ways. But the flip side of that is don't underestimate the importance of avoiding that negative publicity, that anti-marketing. So make sure when there's a problem that you resolve it as quickly and efficiently as possible. Thanks so much for listening. Do you want to grow your business bigger and faster? A free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find missed golden opportunities. I generally charge per hour, but this would be free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing a few thousand dollars a month in sales already. Just visit myamazonaudit.com. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T.com.